I'll tell you that I had absolutely no plans of making a part three to this short series. Uh, Normally, I would say, you know, if you haven't listened to the two previous sessions of this podcast uh, the last couple weeks uh, to to go back and do that, we're calling this uh, Lone Wolves Plug In and Grow It Ten Times Bigger, Just Plug In. But even if you haven't heard the first couple of sessions, I think the truth is if you listen to to what I want to try to communicate, it's still going to have a positive effect for you. If I had to subtitle this session, I I would call it, um, Are You a Team Player or a Team Taker? Because I'm convinced most who say they are team members and, and they're members of a team, they're really takers they're not team members they're not part they're just there to to take not to give Uh, a lot of these people have a very deep-seated deep-seated sometimes unknown self-preservation motivation that that if money's not involved uh, you really don't see this come out until they're squeezed until they're squeezed And if you're building a team or have plans of ever building a team, I hope that what I share with you in this session will serve you well on your entrepreneurial journey. Welcome to the New Era of Wealth Building podcast, formerly the MLMSuccess.com podcast. This show will reveal a new era of team building that has been created by smart contracts on the blockchain and technology that wasn't even available a couple of years ago and most still don't know exist or understand today. We share with you real success stories from real people that are happening right now today. While traditional network marketing companies have fallen into a state of dissipation and delusion, what Mr. Calvert calls a social club, there is one company and organization whose members are progressing and growing their incomes weekly. This organization is led by the host of this podcast, Dale Calvert. Dale has always said that real product and network marketing is people. Dale has always taught, if you build people, people will build the business. We believe network marketing is the number one personal development program on the planet with a compensation plan attached. When you combine wisdom of the ages success principles, proven personal development systems, and a new era opportunity, you have the formula for life-altering success stories. And that is what we share with you in this podcast. So here is your host, who has a goal to develop 500 six-figure earners and 10 millionaires on his team over the next few years. A small-town guy that figured out early in his career that the real product in network marketing is people. And the magic and Ziggs quote, you can have anything in life you want if you help enough other people get what they want. Dale Calvert. This session is being recorded on Saturday morning early. I went to bed around 4 o'clock after working on about 100 direct mail pieces that will be dropped later on this afternoon. Scheduled this morning for me was to really to work on the edits from the awesome team Zoom we had last week or this past Thursday, I guess, with Shelly Giddings and get those edits to my podcast producer. Uh, that's going to be pushed out a week because I feel that I need to do one more session 
in this lone wolf or on this lone wolf topic that we've been discussing the last couple of weeks. You know, the past two weeks have been really strange for me. I mean, really, the only way I can describe them is it's been a kind of a metaphysical experience. And I know it's nuts to try to explain it, but many of you know, like many people from the state of Kentucky, I have a real emotional connection to the Kentucky basketball team. And I sincerely, sincerely appreciate Coach Calipari uh, for the leader that he is and his sense of responsibility to the players he coaches and to their families. Uh, there, there is a reason that every year when the NBA opens their doors and starts their season, there are more former University of Kentucky basketball players on NBA rosters than any other college. I mean, he doesn't just recruit talent. He recruits team players. And there's a major difference. There's a major difference. You can go out and just recruit talent, but if those talent, talented kids aren't team players, you're going to have problems. You're going to have drama. And as Calipari always says, Kentucky's not for everybody. And you know what? Neither is network marketing. Neither is this podcast. Neither is CMG Group or Calvert Marketing Group. Uh, you know, we're not looking for people that are content to be a big fish in a small pond. Uh, my goal is to only recruit and work with those who want to reach NBA status, so to speak. Those who want to fulfill their true upside potential. And if people are happy with a few hundred or a few thousand extra dollars a month, I promise you this is not the podcast for you. True financial independence and maximizing your potential, your personal potential, is the only go. It's the only thing I think about when doing these podcasts, when working with people. If you don't want that, this is not the place for you. So when you combine uh, what's been going on in my personal business the last couple of weeks, and and I haven't gotten to a lot of details there, but when I look at that, and I look at what's been going on and why and how and how do I get better. And I and I I look at that I look at that situation alongside of what's happening with Kentucky the Kentucky basketball team. I I mean really the only way I can describe this is it's it's kind of like a medical metaphysical experience. It's almost like Everything has lined up. The Kentucky, what's happened with Kentucky in the last two weeks, what's happened in my business the last two weeks, and it's kind of lined up to help me learn something because this time and place, at this time and place, because those two things have lined up at the same time. And it would be impossible if that hadn't happened. I mean, the amount of clarity that I've experienced on the specific topic of of the just the word team and what does that really mean? I mean, I can really only describe it as a metaphysical experience. Now, I would normally use the word spiritual, but I don't want to come across as sacrilegious. Um, and from what I'm hearing, there's there's other MLM podcasts that are doing that quite well right now. 
I wouldn't know, but just in the through the grapevine. And for those of you that may not be quite sure, Webster defines metaphysical as a reality beyond what is perceptible to the senses. So from my perspective, what I'm trying to communicate to you could only come from someone who had a specific had specific lone wolf situations to deal with in their business the last couple of weeks, but also someone who has paid very close attention to the disruption within the Kentucky basketball program and, more importantly, how Coach John Calipari has handled it. And I know this sounds strange, so let's just call it metaphysical. The last time I recorded this podcast was on a Saturday morning two weeks ago when I did session 321 and 322, the lone wolf sessions. Uh, They were actually recorded just with one sit down, and it went longer than I expected, so we broke it up into two sessions. I mean, two weeks ago, the national media, many who call themselves Kentucky fans, were absolutely throwing John Calipari and this year's Kentucky Wildcat team under the bus. All the national media, everybody was jumping on the bandwagon. And quite frankly, the ability for so many to forget a Hall of Fame coach's track record, it was appalling to me. I mean, we see this every year as Kentucky fans. It takes them a while to get to get to where they need to be because everybody comes in and they're trying to establish their own uh, position, uh, their own credibility, their own uh, reason for them being there. They try to do way too much. They take bad shots. They're concerned about their personal game every year we see this every single year some years it's worse than others this year it's been terrible but he's got a new team of people basically uh, players to work with every year and it takes them a while to understand team together everyone achieves more it, it takes them a while to really grasp that that being part of a team you're going to achieve a lot more if you're with the right team and the right coach and the right opportunity being the University of Kentucky based upon the number of NBA players. And and it takes young kids a while to figure this out. But I, I know John Calipari. I've watched him from day one. I, I've seen his track record. I know where his focus is. I know the man what he looks at, what he thinks about, what his goals are. Honestly, he doesn't give diddly about my me, any other real fan, fake fans, the administration, uh, parents. He doesn't care. I mean, he, he cares and he hears, but his only focus is is helping those players on his team fulfill their true potential and their NBA dreams. I know that. I've watched it. I've watched it. And I, as I said last week, I'm in the foxhole with John Calipari. His track record 
It's all I need to know. I'm in the foxhole. Will I agree with everything he does all the time? Of course not. But when push comes to shove, I'm in the foxhole. And I know the man, his track record, and I believe, as he does, that this team will break out. At noon two weeks ago, unranked Kentucky went into Knoxville to play number 5 Tennessee at in their house at Thompson Bowling Arena in front of 22,000 loud, despicable, obnoxious Tennessee fans that were hungry for blood while the rest of the basketball world watched. And honestly, I I wasn't really nervous. It's one of the few times in my life that I can remember Kentucky playing a basketball game that, honestly, I didn't expect them to win. I mean, the last time I remember feeling that way was probably back in 1992 when the team that we called the Unforgettables, which was a team made up of three starters, uh, three of the of the starting five were kids from the mountains of Kentucky, and they faced Duke for a spot in the Final Four. Uh, quite frankly, nobody could believe that they had made it as far as they had and done what they had done that year, and it had been a phenomenal year. And, okay, now we're going up against the top-rated number one seed company and the seeded seeded team in the tournament. And, you know, I didn't expect them to beat Duke at all. Nobody did, and they didn't. But all basketball fans remember what happened that game. And if you don't, you've probably seen the clip of the shot, the shot, as they call it, by – Christian Leitner a thousand times, which feels like nails on a blackboard to Kentucky fans. I mean, it was 1992, the NCAA tournament. Uh, Duke was number one overall seed. Kentucky had had an unbelievable year uh, with losing um, a lot of their team from the previous year for various reasons and probation. And it was, it was, we had a remarkable year. And, you know, the final four was on the line. There was 2.1 seconds remaining. It was an overtime game. 2.1 seconds remaining in overtime. Uh, the defending national champions, Duke, trailed the unforgettables in Kentucky. It was 103 to 102. And they had to take the ball out on the opposite end of the court. And Grant Hill reared back and threw a pass the entire length of the court. Christian Leitner called it. He faked right, dribbled once, turned, and hit it a jumper as the t- as the clock expired. And Kentucky lost 104 to 103. Uh, and we could talk about all the things that went wrong in that game and how Leitner, after stomping on one of our players when they were laying down on the, on the court after falling after trying to get a rebound, he, he actually physically stomped on the guy and he should have been thrown out of the game. He should have never been in it. We could talk about how Leitner just played out of his mind. He did not miss one shot the entire game, not one. 
And we could talk about, as I mentioned, Kentucky had three starters from the state of Kentucky. I mean, I've got a framed poster here in my office uh, of the Unforgettables. And they almost pulled off the biggest upset in Kentucky basketball history. But regardless, you know, that nickname, the Unforgettables, is spoken with reverence <laughs> for all UK fans and has been since 1992. I mean, I didn't mean to go down memory lane, really, but... Uh, the point, everyone knew it would take a miracle for that team to knock off Duke. Everybody knew it. And I'll never forget where I was, who I was with, where I was sitting, what the yelling and screaming that went on. It was an unbelievable game, the most unbelievable game really in probably U.K. basketball history, and they lost. Or did they? They gave it all they got, and they left it all on the court, I can promise you that. So going into Saturday's game with Tennessee, nobody really gave Kentucky much of a chance. I mean, they were double-digit underdogs. I can remember thinking, you know, I hope my uh, I got a team member uh, that's a huge Tennessee fan, Michael Clark. We just love him. He's a great guy. But I remember go, as the game's getting ready to start, I'm thinking, I just hope Michael Clark doesn't try to rub it in and he keeps his cheering to himself. <laughs> that was my thought. And then Kentucky came out playing like the team we saw this summer during the exhibition games in the Bahamas. I mean, they were sharing the ball, talking to each other, encouraging each other, playing smart basketball. And even though the dirty, dirty Tennessee players fought and fouled and pushed and shoved – it's like one of the announcers said, Tennessee acts like it's a hockey game out there. And they were they, dirty, just pushing and shoving and biting, and it was terrible. But when it was all said and done, Kentucky knocked off number five, Tennessee, on their home court, 63-56. to 56. It was a great, great win, one of the best in Kentucky history because of the timing of it all and because of the timing of the situation and all the Kentucky fans getting ready to jump off the bridge, going nuts, uh, and 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 the the scrutiny that Calipari was under. So that was two weeks ago. Then on Tuesday they played a really solid Georgia team, won eighty five to seventy one. Then the following Saturday, last Saturday, uh, they beat a really good Texas A and M team who. Texas A&M had not lost an SEC game. They were 5-0 and coming into the game with Kentucky. Kentucky played awesome, beat Texas A&M 76-67. And then this past Tuesday, we went back to the god-awful state of Tennessee. And I, I say that in just, I can't stand Tennessee Orange. I can't stand the Tennessee Vols. I just can't. It's just in my blood. I can't help it. I was raised that way. It's it's a border state to Kentucky, and it's always been, you know, a big rivalry. But we, we went back to Tennessee to play a very, very well-coached and much-improved Vanderbilt team, and we just dominated. We won 69-53. to Tonight, at 8 o'clock, the Kentucky Wildcats will play Kansas in the SEC Big 12 Challenge at Rupp Arena. I mean, Kansas has been rated as high as number two in the country. 
And this, without question, is the most important game to date this season. Can they make it five in a row? Have they really got their act together now? So we'll see how they do. If they play their best and they play together, Kentucky will win. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. I promise I'm going to try to pull all this together. This is not a Kentucky basketball sports podcast. But I've said all that to really say this. What is a team? And many of you have heard me say this a thousand times, but it's true. Together, everyone achieves more. Everyone, even your superstars, even your most talented lone wolves. Together, everyone achieves more. And I know this is true in entrepreneurial projects as well as in sports. It's probably true in school systems in the corporate world, or if you're running a plumbing company and you have 10 or 12 workers that you work with, or a restaurant, I'm starting to understand more clearly why, exactly why, leadership is the highest paid profession in the world. And I've always used the example of Ross Perot and what he did for Chrysler Corporation and brought them back from the dead. Why? Because of his leadership. Uh, Ross Perot. It was actually Lee Iacocca. Ross Perot worked at IBM, uh, had his sales quota for the year. By the end of January, his boss wouldn't give him a raise, so he started a competitive company, Texas Instruments. Ross Perot, a leader. Lee Iacocca, a leader. See, managers have position power. Managers have position power. I'm your manager, therefore you have to listen to what I say. Leaders have people power. Managers have position power. Leaders have people power, personal power that affect leaders, that that affect people. Personal power versus position power. Personal power affects people positively. Uh, Position power affects people negatively. People like to strut their 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 title around when you work in environments where people are, are are there just for the check they're just there for their paycheck it's really hard to create an environment of maximum productivity you know i've said for years employers and employees have this unwritten rule employees are going to work just hard enough that they don't get fired and employers are going to pay them just enough that they don't quit How do you expect anything productive to come out of that type of arrangement? You know, you show me a well-run school, a a well-run plumbing company, a a well-run church or restaurant or any kind of organization, you name it. And when you look behind the curtain, you're always going to find the reason why. You always find the reason why. Leadership. Leadership. There are many factors that go into developing a great leader, but one of the most important factors in my mind is real leaders care enough about their team to tell them what they need to hear, not necessarily what they want to hear. Managers, employees spend all this time blowing smoke up each other's dress and pretending to like each other and to care about each other. That's how managers operate. 
uh, managers need their egos stroked all the time by their employees. Leaders could care less. Leaders could care less what their employees, their team members, or their mama thinks. Here's the main point of this section. Here's the main point I want to try to communicate. Most sports are individual games. Or are they? I mean, the stats are the stats. You know, Pete Rose has more hits than anybody in the history of baseball. That's what the numbers say. But his teammates will tell him there's no, there was no more encourager than Pete Rose. That he expected them to all give their best every game and for them to win every game. Yeah, the numbers are the numbers. But most players look at the numbers and the stats, and that's how they gauge where they are. But real leaders like John Calipari and others see far beyond the talent or the stats. Far beyond. Those without vision, those without vision, laugh at those that have it and attempts to uh, to hide their own lack of vision. You see it in sports. You see it in the entrepreneurial world. You know, the Bible says, without vision, my people perish. So what many entrepreneurs and team builders see as individual, individual personal stats like like it's an individual personal stat game. It's really a team game. And many of you have heard me talk about in the past, there's so many personal stats, high-performance people that are so focused on their stats and getting theirs. And the network marketing industry is full of it. And these people have never had what I call the leadership development paradigm shift. They've never understood that it's not about your stats. It's about what it's about. It's about your team. How does your team produce? Companies recognize personal performance, you know, with leaderboards and stuff like that. And it's the same way. Sports teams track every conceivable number that they can. But the truth is very few people understand what goes on behind the scenes. What kind of teammate a person is. Just because you're on a team does not make you a teammate. Let me say that again. Just because you're on a team does not make you a teammate. Some people are teammates. Some people are takers. Some people are teammates. Some people are takers. Some join the team to appear to be a teammate, but their ultimate motivation is to take. Let's be real. You know, a lot of kids come to Kentucky to play basketball because Kentucky has put more kids in the NBA than any other school. But John Calipari must do his very best to identify those that are can be good teammates and be good team players and who will fit into his systems, who will understand together everyone achieves more. Many Kentucky fans laugh at his teachings and his philosophies. But I've listened to this guy really closely for 13 years, and his track record speaks for itself. 
those that have no vision, those that have no vision, want to ridicule his one-liners and his philosophies. But his understanding and insights are so far beyond anything they will ever be able to understand because sadly, many, if not most, live their life as takers. As takers. What's for me? What's in it for me? I got to get mine. Every day their thoughts center around uh, what's in it for me. They're too ignorant to understand the simple truth. What's best for the team is ultimately what's best for you. He who wishes to be great, let him be the servant of many. You know, on Kentucky's 2012 championship team, Anthony Davis, who's a NBA superstar today, all-star, uh, was a, was a very important part of that team. Michael Kidd Gilchrist, a defensive specialist, defensive specialist. There's not a lot of numbers and stats when it comes to defense. There's some, but nobody could really gauge the importance of Michael Kidd Gilchrist on that team and his just shut down defense. Put, put Michael on the best player on their team and he'll shut them down. So when the season was over and Kentucky had won the national championship and the the NBA draft was held, the number one pick in the entire draft was Anthony Davis. The number two pick in the entire draft was Michael K. Gilchrist. And the, the unbelievable thing, when you look at the Kentucky season, Anthony Davis was a scorer and a shot blocker. He took the fourth most shots on the team. There was three people that took more shots than Anthony Davis. And Michael Kidd Gilchrist was the fifth shot taker on the team. They weren't out there running and gunning and shooting the ball every time and getting theirs. They were part of an unbelievable team that worked together. Personal stats, personal stats are important, but they aren't, they aren't everything. More important is the team that you're working with and, and the teammate that you are. And again, the acronym, acronym for team, together, T, together, E, everyone, A, achieves M, more. As it relates to team building and network marketing, I've identified the three benefits, the undisputed top three benefits of this business model, and in this order. Only those of you that have not experienced all three will want to argue or debate this. And we're all entitled to our own opinions. And I'm perfectly okay with you being wrong. And I get why you're wrong. I know why you're wrong. So you can be wrong. You can try to debate this. You know, Dawn can't stand it when I say this type of thing. She says it makes me appear to be ignorant or arrogant. Maybe ignorant and arrogant. I don't know. But she says arrogant. And she doesn't understand 
she really doesn't understand. And you think if she lived with me, she would. But she really doesn't understand that I don't give a flying flip what anybody except the person in the mirror thinks about me. I don't care who thinks I'm arrogant. I know your friends don't need an explanation and your enemies aren't going to believe you anyway. I believe that. And I cannot tell you how many serious conversations I've had with people over the years. And it starts out with, you know, when I first heard you, Dale, I didn't like you much. (laughs) I didn't like you much when I first heard you. That's just that's just the way it is. You know, as, as John Calipari said this week to the media, he said, you guys are throwing darts and stuff at me. They go right through me. He said, I've been in the game a long time, and I've had big bazooka holes blown through me. That was John Calipari this week. You know, and I have as well. You know, as I talked about in the earlier two sessions, of the two previous sessions of this podcast, You know, Dawn's worried about the darts because she wasn't around when the bazooka holes were fired. So the the number one benefit of network marketing is the person that you must become in order to achieve your full upside potential and become the best leader you can be. And the one thing you can never afford to do is worry about what somebody else is thinking. As long as you're approaching people ethically honestly and and your and your value focus you're there to help them and help them sincerely and you know i realize net, network marketing is full of a lot of predatory people but that's not what we're talking about at all we're not even talking about fluff people like i talked about in earlier sessions you know this this you know, imagine everybody having a sign around their neck that says, make me feel important. Well, I get that. I understand it. I get why it works. But to me, it, it just has never felt right. It's fluff. You know, if you're important, I want to make sure I recognize you. If you're getting the job done, I want to make sure I'm recognizing you. But telling everybody that I meet at the conference that I like the shoes they're wearing, to me, is just BS. It's just fluff. It just is. I'm sorry. And I'm wrong. I'm wrong, but that's just where I live. That's why becoming a personal development student is mandatory, as I talked about in last week's section. And most of you let that that idea that you have to become a personal development student, turning your car into a university, most of you that heard that, let it, that needed it the most, let it go in one ear and out the other, as I predicted you would do. I knew you would. I told you you would. I told you you would when you when, when I recorded it. There's a reason leadership is the highest paid profession in the world, not management. Leadership is. As Jim Rohn said, the goal is not to become a millionaire. The goal is to become the type of person a millionaire is. So number one benefit of this business is the person you become, the personal development. And sadly, a lot of people that have, be, have done well financially in this, in this business model miss the number one benefit and the most important benefit. Sad. Number two, 
the second benefit is the true, authentic friendships that you develop along the way. That's the second best benefit of this business. And it, it, it bothers me to say, to say this, but it's true. I personally have lost more deep, meaningful friendships, at least they were in my mind, than most people will ever have the opportunity to develop in their life. I've lost more than most will ever develop. There's not too many walk, people walking the planet that can make that kind of statement. Uh, most people think if I have one or two really reliable, deep friends, uh, then, then I'm way ahead of the game. But I've lost a lot, and I've talked, I talked about that in the other two sessions. You know, self-preservation is a really weird emotion, and, and I'm realizing that it's very common. It's very common. Uh, I didn't realize, never have realized how common that motivation was. Uh, I don't have it. Uh, when I went through my, as I described it, uh, 28 divorces back in the mid-90s that I spoke about in session two, uh, I saw a level of self-preservation that I had no idea even existed from people that just shocked me. And over the years, some of those relationships uh, have been restored and have been mended, which I'm very thankful for that. I mean, many people have expressed, you know, Dale, when when World War Three started, which is a way I describe it, you know, I didn't have the full story. I didn't understand the full story. Uh, and, and I did move into a state of self-preservation. And over the years, I've been afraid to contact you and reconnect with you because I felt like I let you down. And I've had very authentic, honest conversations with multiple people that have expressed that to me over the years. And many of those people, uh, that were involved during that time, you know, they've died. They've passed on. And thankfully, the relationships were mended before that happened. You know, I think about people like Big Dog Jim DeVault, which you've heard me talk about on this podcast, uh, who, the Hoosier boss, Bob, Bob Armstrong from Indiana, and others. And I hope they all rest in peace. The truth is, I'm, I make the decision... I make the decision to stop communications with various people every year, every year, almost every week at this point, uh, almost. Uh, I understand that there are trolls and there's people trying to climb in my back pocket or just ignorant people that just want to argue about something. Uh, our team members, uh, these team members that, find their way into our world are usually sponsored by somebody else. And a lot of times people, there's a lot of people that land here for a short period of time. They just absolutely cannot keep their thumb out of their mouth when they're talking. They just have to gripe and complain and see the glass half full at all costs or half empty at all costs. And again, 
most of the people that I make a conscious decision to cut off communications with, you know, every month are really just acquaintances or somebody that's joined our team that I don't really know. They might be 30 levels down somewhere. You know, I had one lady that joined our team this year and somebody that I care about and honestly much more than I should this particular person I care about, I look at him almost like a son, but anyway, this person I care about uh, sponsored her, and he was inactive, so he sent her to me. He sponsored her, sent her to me, because he was off, you know, doing some some money grab, $9 commission program somewhere. And we had multiple conversations, this lady and myself, prior to her really getting plugged in. And every conversation, she would spend 10% of the time asking very intelligent questions. She's very experienced. She's very intelligent, been around for a while. So she would spend 10% of her time asking very intelligent questions and 90% of the time telling me how previous companies and uplines and and or, and whoever she could think about had ripped her off or screwed her over. That was 90% of the conversations. And personally, I wouldn't have recruited her. I just wouldn't have. I don't have time for that kind of drama. And part of being a good coach is to figure out if someone's going to be a good team player and fit into the systems or not. And the only reason I didn't object is because she had been referred and sponsored by, again, somebody that I sincerely believe has deep greatness inside him, but he'd rather be creative than wealthy, and he loves being a big fish in a small pond, and that's the mindset, the paradigm where he lives. So she was experienced and smart. She had a tremendous amount of upside potential if she could just get back past get past her victim mentality and just learn to believe again i mean there was potential there it was a flicker but it was there so she got involved with us and started off pretty well made the 10 club uh uh brought on a guy that i felt like like had tremendous upside potential that i really liked and then i don't know what happened to him he ended up joining the witness protection program Uh, i mean i'm not sure whatever happened to him uh but she became a member of the 10 Club, and I had high hopes for her. And then the company made a tweak to the payout schedule, not the percentages, the schedule, the time. And they explained why they needed to make that move. It made perfect sense to everybody that heard it. And sometimes you just have to tweak things to make sure that your future is what it needs to be. And, my gosh, you would have thought World War the the world was coming to an end. I mean, she took 45 minutes telling me the same story three different times, telling me, repeating it, and repeating it uh, right after this happened. And I couldn't do anything about her financial situation. I couldn't do anything about the fact that that the 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 pivot had to be made by the company and 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 they gave great explanations as to why and i told her if you really stay focused and please get plugged in plugged in to what we're doing 
monitor your numbers every week, complete your company report, get plugged into this world, to these systems, you'll never have to be in this situation again the rest of your life, I promise you. Because I'm always going to win. And I'm going to put my team members in the best situation to win that I possibly can. So if you'll just hang in there, you'll never have to be in this situation again. And then a few days later, she called me again and spent another 45 minutes telling me the same story three different times. It it was like deja vu. And we had a very authentic, deep conversation. And I thought... I got her on track, and I was trying to be as reaffirming and encouraging to her as possible to stay focused and really really get plugged into what we're doing, and you'll never have to be in this situation again for the rest of your life, I promise. And yes, I had empathy for her. She's a single mom in her 30s, and... And and I told her maybe you are maybe you're going to need to get a job for a month or two, but I told her the truth. Uh, I didn't blow smoke, and I know it wasn't everything that she wanted to hear, but it was the truth, and it was some solutions to the situation she was in. But you know, getting a job was something she just wouldn't hear of. Well, sometimes you have to do that which you're not comfortable doing for a short period of time. Successful people are willing to do for a short period of time what most people aren't, so they can do for the rest of their life what most people can't. And then about a week later, she sent me a text and said she needed to talk to me about the same issue, the same situation, again. And I told her, I I texted her back and I said, I've said all I can say. I don't have time to repeat my opinions for the third time. And I just, I don't have 45 minutes of unplanned time in a day. I don't. My days are booked. I didn't have it. So I just told her, I I can't, I'm not going to get on the phone with you to talk about this for the third time. And, you know, I think about it. The only reason she had my phone number to begin with was the guy I sponsored to giving it to her. So after that reply, she quit. She quit and joined a team of other, you know, CMG victims that they so she could hang out and they could all tell their I've been screwed stories with each other on a daily basis. Victim mentalities. It's sad, but it's true. Again, most of the people I decide to cut off communications with and that I hope to never have to speak to again for the rest of my life were never friends or what I consider real teammates to begin with. Uh, Don will tell you, I mean, I can count on one hand the number of people that I consider real teammates at one time are authentic friends that I've decided to cut off communications with and never speak with again. And And again, there are people like that. But they're on one hand. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm pretty much a really a forgiving person. I don't hold grudges, you know. I mean, my dad and people will tell me, "Dale, remember when they said this about you?" Or and people around me, they remember everything. I don't remember any of it. 
I, I don't care. It doesn't matter. It doesn't benefit me. I don't hold on to it. It goes in one ear and out the other. I mean, you know, it, I just, I, I sincerely don't even care. Don't even remember. Don't, if it's no value, I don't hang on to it. And there's people in my life that do, and it bothers them more than it bothers me. It's like, you know, and I was thinking about this because I heard John Calipari talking this week, and he said, you know, my kids are calling me and saying, Dad, are you doing okay? And he said, of course I'm doing okay. Are you doing okay? Are you doing okay? Because he's the same way. You cannot, you cannot be the leader at the level that he is hanging on to all the, all the, all the, arrows and all the that are going to be shot at you and holding on to all the things people that don't matter say it you just can't you just can't do that so you know there's only a handful of people less than five that at one time were i was very close to and and again you know minus the 28 you know, the 28 was a different time and place in my life, but a lot of those people have died and a lot of those relationships have been mended. Uh, a lot of them, the majority, but, but the ones that haven't, I would have to think about for a while, uh, a few of them for a while. And I haven't really cut off any of those people except two and one has already died. So, you know, Don will tell you that. You know, I can count on one hand the number of people that I consider real teammates or authentic friends that I've decided to cut off communications with and never speak with again. And you know what I've discovered, really the remarkable thing regarding these people? I'm not the only one. If and when their name comes up in conversation, dozens of people have made the same decision. And I could get into details here, but I'm not going to. Let's just say in every case, when I think back about these people, I was warned. Uh, But I gave these people the benefit of the doubt. But others warned me. So the second benefit of network marketing and of team building is the true, authentic friendships you will make along the way. Uh, I shared a meme several years ago on social media that I just I was thinking about one day and it was about three people that are in uh, in a foxhole in a foxhole and I shared it this past team zoom past Thursday and I just said at the time and again this was three or four years ago when I first I don't know something inspired me to put this picture with this saying of these people sitting in a foxhole. And I said, I talk about foxhole relationships a lot on our podcasts and Zoom trainings. I've got your back. You've got my back. I'll take care of me for you. You take care of you for me. These type of relationships take years to develop and are almost impossible in today's fake friends social media world. Be yourself. Be authentic. And I think that's the most important thing that I'm trying to communicate as I talk about I want friends, we all want friends, that if everybody, I don't want yes people around me. If people disagree, disagree. Let me know. Let's talk about it. I'm fine with that. I appreciate that. I depend upon it. 
And and I can argue and cuss and fuss and fight with people and love them just as much when it's all over. It doesn't matter to me. That's the world in which we live. I just want people that are authentic and tell the truth. So the friendships you develop, the authentic friendships, are phenomenal part of this business. And then the third benefit is the residual income the business can create for you. My only focus financially is to increase my net worth every year and develop passive income streams. The only reason to build or buy a business is to ultimately sell it. I believe that. I know some of you are saying, Dale, you know, your primary business focus right now is that ERC program, and that's not passive, Dale. That's not passive. And, I mean, it's like, man, you sound like some of these people that call themselves UK fans. <laughs> I mean, but you're right. You're 100% right. It's not passive. The ERC program is not passive, but it is the number one income-generating opportunity in the history of the world. Number one. So if you want to argue something, argue that point. There's never in the history of the world been an opportunity that offers this type of upside financial potential, period, end of story. So... I mean, I believe every plugged-in team member we're working this program with will make more money in 2023 than they've made in any other year of their life. And what do you think they're going to do with that extra cash? I hope that they will invest it into income-generating assets. That's my hope. I mean, this morning Don was speaking with some of our team and uh we got team members around the country that are getting snowed in at the moment. And they were talking about their winter home goals, where they want to spend the winter. And I told Donna, I said, you know, they shouldn't be surprised if a group of us go in together and buy a mansion in some warm weather client. And we live in it for a couple months in the winter. And then we put it on being, uh Airbnb the other nine or ten months of the year. You know, that's a possibility I can see happening possibly down the road in the future. And some of you think I'm joking, but, man, I'm serious. I'm serious. So the top three benefits are the person you become, the authentic friendships, and the lifestyle the passive income can provide you. Takers have a what's-in-it-for-me mentality that causes them to miss the two most beneficial benefits of this business, which are the friendships and the personal development. Some of you listening to me right now, you really need to stop and think about this and let this sink in. Are you a taker or are you a team member? This week I've had two conversations with people that were complaining about it. It takes too long for my upline or anybody to respond to my questions. And I asked them both, hey, are, are, are you on our Facebook team page? And neither one of them were. And I asked them, I said, well, why aren't, why aren't you on our Facebook team page? Because normally you put a question in there, you're going to get an answer within about five minutes because we have a very active group of people that know what they're doing and and will 
and we'll help you. So that's the purpose. When new people come on board, we want them to be able to get their questions answered real quickly, and that Facebook page is the place to do it. And one said, well, she didn't have Facebook. And the other said, well, I know, but I just haven't gotten around to doing it yet. So, th- see, this is knick-knacky stuff, but it drives me crazy. It's like, are you serious? Are you just are you just playing around? And if you're playing around, why are you asking me questions? I I don't have I have no desire to talk to you. As from a business standpoint, we can go out and eat, and we can be you know we can be social, but come on. Come on. And to the one that said, well, I don't have a Facebook page, I said, you know what? Some of our top producers didn't have a Facebook page either. They're anti-Facebook. I can respect that. But you know what they all did? They all set up another Facebook page. You know why? Just so they could access the comments and see the testimonies and everything that's shared on our business page and could ask questions if they needed to. Now, is there any reason that doesn't make sense for you to do? And she said, no, I guess I never thought about doing that. I guess I could do that and just, and just use it for my business. I said, that would be a good, that would be a really, really good move. Do that because there's people there that will help you, support you and encourage you and get your questions answered. And the person that hadn't got around to it, I said, why haven't you got around to it? I said, our introductory email, the first, our welcome email that you get when you join our team, one of the first things we ask you to do is to join our Facebook page. When you go to our private team training site, one of the, one of the, on the, one of the first training videos that we share with you on the front page, we talk about joining the Facebook page. Why haven't you done it? Well, I just haven't got around to it. No, but you're in the market trying to create business. You have questions that come up, and you're complaining to me because you aren't getting your questions answered fast enough from your upline. You know what? Your upline's out there making it happen right now as well, and they can't cater to you. That's why we have the Facebook page. So it's in your best interest to get plugged in there. You know, I had another conversation this week. And it was the first time I ever had it, and I'll be shocked if I – well, I shouldn't be shocked. But if I ever have it again, I will be surprised because it was not honestly – it was just unfounded, and it was just somebody that just making excuses. But they said, Dale, when I put a question in, 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 in your face, in your, not the team, not our team, when I put a question in your Facebook page, it takes too long to get a response. And, okay, again, the words you used expose where your mindset is. So when I put a question in your Facebook page, it takes too long to get a response. This was about after we'd been talking about seven or eight minutes. And, And I was getting ready to share what I felt about that. And thankfully, I had another call that was coming in that I had to take that was very important. And I'd let them know up front that I was expecting another call, but I had a few minutes. And about the time they were spouting that off, uh, the other call came through, so I was able to jump off. But this is what, this is, 
I mean, this could have really set me off. And I try not, I try to stay as even keel as I possibly can. I really do. But it's like things build up, build up, build up, build up. And then I'll, I'll, I'll just, I'll just unload sometimes. And that's not good. So I'm trying to find my balance. But this could have really set me off. But thankfully, again, the call came in. But what I would, my response would have been, and and I'll share with you what my response would have been on here because they're never going to hear it because they never listen to this podcast. And quite frankly, they gripe about so many things that they will probably forget that, that, that it's even them that I'm talking about, honestly. But my initial response was, you know, the only time I see you on Facebook, the only time I see you on Facebook, you're griping about how much trouble you're having, you know, getting anything started or getting anybody to listen to you or uh, managing your time. You're constantly griping. And you know what that tells everybody on our team? Here's a loser. You're a loser that has not learned how to control your time management, how to control your self-talk, how to get your skills refined. That's all you do every day. You're griping and complaining, griping and complaining, griping and complaining. And you're asking questions that everybody that is serious and plugged in, no, your questions have been covered multiple times in your corporate back office or in our 101 basic training program. Now, will people let a few questions slip through the cracks and they will admit? Absolutely. But they don't get on there daily asking questions that have already been covered multiple times. And they don't know because they're not plugged in. And I would have told them, not once have I ever seen you welcome a new member on somebody else's team. Not one time. Have you ever said, welcome to the team? Never. And for that matter, I've never seen you say one thing positive. You, my friend, are not a teammate. You're a taker. Why do you continually post things that have no value to anyone and only reveal you and the negative pity party going on in your own mind daily? Until people understand for things to get better, they must get better. Nothing's going to change. We talked about it last week. Albert Einstein said the definition of insanity is to continue to do what you've always done, the way you've always done it, expecting different results. And every time you open your mouth, you reveal the pity party that you get up with and live in every day. And it's sad, and it doesn't have to be that way, but you better grab a, a copy of the book, What to Say When You Talk to Yourself, and you better get on a personal development program because nothing in your life is going to change until you do. So to kind of wrap this up, let me just share one more story with you. And this really speaks to the parallel worlds of coaching a sports team and building a a team in the real world, an entrepreneurial team in the real world has. And it speaks to my subtitle, uh, you either a team member or a taker. 
and it's previously stated the Kentucky basketball program is it's not for everybody. John Calipari's primary focus is to try to recruit good human beings that will fit into the system, and he really does. I mean, the reason he passes on some of the top kids coming out of high school is because he'll sit down and say, look, if you want – most coaches will come in and sit down and talk to a high – profile prospect and they'll say look we're going to run all of our offense from you you'll take the majority of shots on the team i can see you getting 30 shots a game and we're going to run everything through you we're going to build our offense around you that's what a lot of coaches do that's why you'll see a lot of teams that have you know a lot of just average players and one superstar because everything is being built through and around the superstar and John Calipari goes in and says, look, if you want to take 30 shots a game, Kentucky's not the place for you. If you want to compete with the best of the best, if you want to be on a team that, and you want to, you want to develop the skills that it's going to take for you to prosper in the NBA and how to operate as a professional basketball player in a professional environment and, and learn to, to learn to work together with other people that are as talented as you are, then this is the place. And he lays it out. He lays it out. And if he does some investigation and talking to AAU coaches or or high school coaches and the kid has a bad attitude or there's another problem going on, if if it's a character def if it's a character fault fault, uh he avoids them. And he just does. And, you know, for the record, just so, uh, you know, just because it is what it is, but he already has signed the number one recruiting class in the nation for next year, 2024. Now, he does his very best to pre-qualify people before he even invites them to join the team, which is what I think we all should do. I don't want people that are just going to just eat up my time. Your time is the most valuable asset that you have. And in this business, and it's really gotten worse and worse and worse and worse and worse over the years, is there's just a lot of people that join company to company to company to company because they're just looking for a social club to hang out in. They're not interested in building anything significant. It's like, what do you mean I got to – you want me to monitor my numbers and fill out a report every week? What is that all about? It's, what it's all about is Jim Rohn said you can make up in numbers what you lack in skill. It's also a wisdom of the ages principle that a good week unrecognized diminishes, a bad week expands. It's a way to help people progress and move down the road, but you obviously have no no understanding of that or no desire to really ever progress and move down the road. And again, I don't need to justify why we run a particular play the way we do it because the track record speaks for itself. And if you don't want to become an if you don't want to make it to the NBA, then don't play here. And that's just that's just how I feel about it personally when it comes to building an, a, a team. We have a lot of people that, you know, 
are are part of the team, but they're not a teammate. You know, they're kind of sitting in the stands watching the game, and they've never made it to the dugout, much less on the field. And we have a tremendous number of people that just kind of, and they never get in the stadium. They just kind of like to go from tailgate party to tailgate party to tailgate party to try to figure out where they can get the most food and fluff recognition. That's the truth. So you got to do the best you can to find the talent and, and understand you're not looking for everybody. I never have been looking for everybody, and I've talked about this for 20 years. So Calipari will miss a few. He's missed some. He doesn't miss a lot. His track record shows that he doesn't, but every now and then he'll he'll miss a few. And I think about Khalil Whitney. And when I first started hearing about Khalil Whitney when he was in high school and I knew Kentucky was 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 interested in him. And I went and saw some some videos of him in high school and this kid was unbelievable jumping out of the gym and just you know, very, very athletic, and I'm thinking he's going to be phenomenal. He's going to be a Nolan's Noel type player for us, and he, you know he could be great. But you never know because see what you, what you're dealing with with all these players that come into Kentucky. They've been catered to and babied and fondled, you know, fondled over and hugged and, and told how great they are. Their entire life, most of them since they were in the second grade, how great they are. And, you know, they're the next Michael Jordan or whatever. And you come in and you've got all this brainwashing that's gone into these kids. And to get them to understand it ain't about you, it's about the team, it takes time. It does every year for Kentucky. But this one guy I was really excited about, Khalil Whitney. And when he was a senior, uh, he played at Rose, Roselle Catholic. It's in New Jersey. He grew up, his mom raised him in Chicago. And then as he got in high school, he ended up going and living with his dad. His dad all of a sudden comes in. And all this is my perspective, okay? This is just, I don't know the, the, every detail. But from my perspective, it was like his dad came in. Oh, I got a basketball star here. Let me, let me let me move him out here to live with me in New Jersey. And that's what happened. And his senior year in high school, he averaged about 19 points, six or seven rebounds a game, two assists, you know, a couple steals, good, solid basketball player. He was named to the McDonald's All-American team. Uh, he was the MVP of the Iverson Classic, uh, which is just an AAU game that happens every year. Uh, and he scored 38 points in that game against some other of the top young high school talent. And, you know, he came to Kentucky, and it was like in the preseason he looked like he was good, but it was like, dang, dang throw the ball, dude. You know, it was like he was a ball hog. And Calipari would see him on the bench, and he would talk to him, and and he just he was just always trying to make a a big play that would end up on ES, ESPN every time he got in the game. 
I mean, and it wasn't pretty. His the most he ever scored in a game his freshman year was 11 points against Eastern Kentucky, and Kentucky ran him off the court. It was like 90 to 50 or something. Uh, and, you know, he was only averaging like three points a game, and Calipari would never call out a kid, but he kept talking about, we got to get some people that understand they're not in high school anymore. You know, this is the big time. And, you know, no, you can't you know, go and dunk on everybody every time you get the ball and you got to quit dribbling it off your feet and you got to learn how to pass the ball and look for the open man and take the easy shot and all this other stuff. And it was just frustrating for me and a lot of Kentucky fans watching this kid that you could see had a lot of raw talent but just was not buying in to the team culture together. Everyone achieves more. And then... On the day before my birthday in in 2020, so it was like January 24th of 2020, this kid, in the middle of his freshman year, and see, we've been hearing rumors about his dad was in his ear and and his dad was giving Calipari all types of problems and and. kind of like that, that, the ball, LeVar ball. You know, he had a LeVar ball mentality and he was you know my kid needs to be playing more and it was just constant in cal's ear in the coach's ear calling the president of the university i mean all kinds of just ruckus all the time so you can imagine what he was telling his his kid you know because in my mind he thought he's going to be my meal ticket i got to get him to the nba in my mind i don't know that for sure but that's kind of the 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 feel i got his dad had no business. He needed to stay out of it. Let Calipari do what Calipari does. Let him do what he does. And anyway, day before my birthday, 2020, in the middle of his freshman year, he's averaging 3.3 points and 1.7 rebounds a game. Okay, He's coming off the bench bench sparingly he announced in the middle of the year that he would be leaving the university of kentucky and heading for and declaring for the nba draft and he hired an agent and he left the team are you kidding me I know Calipari and the coaching staff did everything they could to get this kid's mind in the right place, to get his talent directed where it needed to be. I know they did. I know they did. I listened. I watched. And so he signs an NBA, signs a, hires an agent, the kid's going 3.3 points a game, a lot of raw athletic ability, no question about it, but no discipline, no concept of what he needs to be able to perform in a team environment in the NBA. Again, it's more than just talent. Uh, he ended up signing a uh, a deal with the uh, in the D-League, with the Charlotte Hornets, which is like the the minor leagues of pro basketball. Then they got rid of him pretty quickly, and he went to the Grand Valley Rap, 
uh, Vipers, uh, the Rio Grande Valley Vipers, and then they traded him to the to the Growlers, and he's been all over the D League. Uh, on November of this year, 2022 or last year, uh, he. You know, he didn't even, he, he, he was, he went, he, 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 he didn't have a contract for a while and then, then he ended up signing a contract with a minor league, uh, team in November of this past year. Went back to the Rio Valley Vipers after they had already released him. And, and anyway, my, my point being is he just has bounced all over the minor leagues, the D leagues. As much raw talent coming into Kentucky as anybody I'd ever seen. And maybe it's possible that he will mature over time and maybe make it to the NBA one day. And I hope he does, and I hope he has a good career. But I have to ask myself, what if he had stayed in the Calipari system? What if he had stayed in the Calipari system? He'd be a junior this year. He'd be a junior this year. He'd be a superstar. He would be probably a lottery pick at the end of this year if he had stayed under the right disciplined structure, received the right coaching, uh, worked with, with coaches that had his best interest at heart and told him what he needed to hear, not what he wanted to hear. Didn't, you know, because all he's getting in the D League is smoke blown up his dress. I mean, the kid, this would be his junior year, and under Calipari and Calipari's player development program, he would probably be a lottery pick, earn millions of dollars. But he's stuck on the treadmill in the D-League, maybe for the rest of his career. In the D-League, he's a number. He's just a number. With Kentucky, he could have been a teammate. He could have been told the truth. He could have developed his skill sets, and more importantly, in this case, his mindsets. But his ego and his ignorance, his or that of his dad's, wouldn't allow him to do that. And in network marketing, we see it a lot. When it comes to ego and ignorance, sometimes it's not the distributor's ego and ignorance, it's their spouse's ego or ignorance, wouldn't allow them to fulfill their full potential. You know, I've seen this happen many times, building teams over the years. I really have. Where talented people join, and because of ego, ignorance, pride, they cannot plug in and become a team player and just look at, people's track records and and say you know what i want to maximize my full potential and this is the team to do it with in the opportunity and i've seen many khalil whitney types come in and out of network marketing over the years to the point that it's just horrifying i'm going to wrap this up you know going to be uh going to be legends is my favorite motivational song at the moment i realize it's been around for a few years uh but i consider it our team's theme song and the lines in that song i just i I love it and one of the things that that one of the lines in the song is is it says 
then you know the truth can be a weapon to fight this world of ill intentions a new answer to the same questions how many times will you learn the same lessons And if there's one thing I have been fascinated by in my life more than anything else is people don't look behind the curtain and learn from the mistakes of others. I heard it say said early in my career, a wise person learns from their own mistakes, but a really wise person learns from the mistakes of others. And it just kind of blows my mind a little bit. The song always says, this is... You know, and this is really, before I get into the other lyrics, but this, you know, these are the type of questions that I ask myself daily. I mean, there's wisdom of the ages truth that if you master these concepts and ideas and internalize them and make them part of you, you can learn to work with the way it is instead of fighting the way it is your entire life. Because when you fight wisdom of the ages principles, they, you end up working against yourself. You work against yourself when you fight wisdom of the ages principles. So the last line of the song is, Right in truth, heading on the way up. Right in truth, heading on the way up. Tell them the truth but they think it's just made up. Tell them the truth, but they think it's just made up. Stating proven wisdom of the ages truths creates accountability, and most people would rather be in a situation where they're told what they want to hear and have smoke blown up their dress than being accountable to, to truth. I mean, Khalil Whitney and others have been told their whole life how great they are. And Cal comes in and says, you know, you're good. You're a good kid. you got talent. But there's a lot of good people out there with talent. You, do you want to get better? And do you want to maximize your full upside potential? And can you handle the truth? And when they can't, they're, they're going to fail. And they're, and they're going to fight it the rest of their life. You know, Kentucky had a players-only team meeting before the Tennessee game. We don't really know what was was said. We've heard bits and pieces. But the one thing I believe from everything I've heard, the players had authentic communication with each other. They had authentic communication with each other. And they called each other out, and they admitted where they were not doing what they knew they needed to be doing. And, you know, they went out and proved it against Tennessee two Saturdays ago. Because there are some that were more takers than team members. I mean, do you make excuses? Do you see yourself as a victim and blame? Or do you internalize wisdom of the ages principles and take responsibility for you getting better? The same can be asked for entrepreneurs as it can be for athletes. I'm going to share one quick story with you, and then I'm going to let you go. 
uh, and I've shared this probably in the past, but there was a wise man that was said that he could answer any question that you have, and he did. People would come to him all day in this village and ask crazy questions, and he could answer them all. And one young Khalil Whitney type uh, came to him, and he had a bird in his hand. And he was going to ask the wise man, wise man, I have a bird in my hand. Is, is it alive or is it dead? And the wise man knew that he had it held to where if he said, it's dead, the bird was alive in his hands. And if he said it was dead, he was just going to open his hands and let the bird fly away. And if the wise man said it was alive, he was going to just snap his neck real quick and then open his hands and show that the bird was actually dead. So he knew he was going to fool the wise man. He was going to get you know, he was going to shortcut wisdom of the ages principles, so to speak. So he asked, he asked the wise man, he said, wise man, I have a bird in my hand. Is it alive or is it dead? And the wise man looked the kid straight in the eyes and he said, it's all in your hands, my son. It's all in your hands. See, you have 100%, you 100% alone determine your future. But if you can be part of a like-minded community and team and you can take responsibility for the decisions you make, you're going to end up achieving 10 times more working with the right team versus depending on 100% of yourself and chasing an extra $30 commission here and there. That's the truth. I hope you've heard what I've tried to communicate. You know, you can chase your extra $30 or you can or you can get with a team and you can achieve 10 times more than you ever would without them. The Khalil Whitney story will be one to keep your eyes on. Will he ever come out of the D-League? I am convinced if he had stayed with Cal and that system and the team and the culture, he would be a lottery pick because he has the talent. He's got the talent. I've seen so many people, they've got the talent, but they don't have the mindsets. They don't have the personal development mindsets. They don't get it. They don't understand it. And nobody trusts them. I hope you have a great week. We'll be back with you next week and share a remarkable, remarkable story of how after 25-plus years in the industry, Shelly Giddings has just absolutely broke out and on a path to earn a million dollars in 2023. You want to make sure you don't miss Shelly's story next week. Uh, so if you haven't subscribed to this podcast or this YouTube channel, if you're hearing it on YouTube or the podcast, just go ahead and do that now while it's fresh on your mind because you don't want to miss Shelly Giddings next week. I hope something I've said has created thought and that you'll really think about it because, guys, this is important, important stuff. And maybe you didn't need to hear it. I'm sorry. I'm glad I got it out. I hope this helps somebody. Thank you for listening. Y'all have a great week. I'll talk to you next week. Oh, Go Big Blue, Kansas, tonight, 8 o'clock. Did you enjoy this story? Then you will probably enjoy some of the other sessions of this podcast. You can visit MLMSuccess.com and see a full playlist of the podcast since the day we started. Would you like to put some faces with the voices? Then search for Dale Calvert MLM Success Podcast on YouTube and follow us there. 
Please leave a comment on YouTube and let our special guests know how their story inspired you or affected you. Dale spends most of his social media time in private groups he has founded, but you can follow his public Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Dale Calvert page. And of course, your comments and feedback on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you access this podcast is always appreciated. Thanks for listening, and we will be back next week and share with you another real success story that is happening right now in this new era of wealth creation that most still don't know exist yet. <laughs>